Unstoppable Kickass Confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a great show for you again tonight. Here we are. It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as we always are here. Uh, and for you folks on the East Coast, that's 10 p.m. in case you could do the math. Uh, so we're always thankful for you guys being here, whether it's live here uh, every Tuesday night or catching us on the replay. And as always, we encourage you to please engage with us, engage with myself and my guests as we're having this conversation. And always please ask us questions, whether it's during the show here live or after the fact, because both my guest and I will be uh, checking those messages to make sure that everybody gets their questions answered. So we appreciate you guys and the engagement already. We got some people in the house already. Look at the rock stars. What's up, Colleen? Great to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you are a rock star. Tom Jin in the house. What's up? G-Force in the audience. Yes, Tom. Thank you so much, brother, for being here. Um, we've got a great show for you. We've got an exciting show. We've got a very dynamic show for you because um, of our guest. And I love dynamic guests. I love when there's an opportunity to talk about a variety of subjects and have a lot of fun doing that. And uh, my guest and I have already had a few conversations both in person and also on Clubhouse. As you guys know, I'm a Clubhouse nut and I'm happy to announce that I finally got off my butt. And for you guys, there is a club on Clubhouse called Raw and Unscripted. Yeah, baby. Ooh, bring in the rawness, bring in the realness right on Clubhouse. Let's do it. So yeah, Ron Inscripted that is the club name. And of course, if you haven't connected with me already, I am at No Excuses Coach, of course. And we'd love to have you in the club. We're going to start doing a room maybe tonight. I'm thinking I'm like, I'm going to do some late night rooms. I'm going to do some rooms during the day. Just kind of find out what the vibe and the feel is. So if you're not connected with me there, please do so. Uh, we're going to be bringing people from Clubhouse over here to the Raw and Unscripted group in Facebook. So we're going to kind of merge a big family and just have a lot of fun, including supporting my other shows, Rainbows in Real Life with Pamela Aubrey and my other show, uh, The Unfiltered Experience with Scott Goyette that we do on Friday nights. So a lot of exciting stuff going on and another exciting tip. Ooh, not even an exciting tip. I'm just going to leak this out to you guys right now. Shh, shh, shh. My website is almost done and we're going to launch it. The new ChristopherRoush.com, www.ChristopherRoush.com. Mm -mm -mm. It's going to be launched in any minute. Special thanks and shout out to Mr. Ben Hayden, uh, the web designer on this project. Totally, totally valuably appreciate your efforts, brother. You are bringing such uh, steam and power to the website. I'm super, super excited to launch it with you guys. Everything's going to be there. All the social media, the opportunity to get into the kick-ass coaching newsletter, um, Ron Inscripted, uh, Misfits for Life. We got so much stuff coming up, programs, opportunities, uh, taking it to the next level baby so it's going to be it's going to be absolutely awesome what's up uh what's up amber so great to see you so great to see you uh colleen says you are amazing nah i'm just me being me baby but uh you know what i do is i surround myself with amazing people like you guys because i would not be here um without you guys so the misfits for life you guys are part of the misfits for life kick-ass nation i'm thinking about calling it like the united kick-ass nation so it's the misfits of life for the united kick-ass nation you know something just like we can create our own little country you know uh, within a country and just kind of create a, a a micro, a microclimate of how people are really kick ass and love each other and, and take care of each other. What's up, Jay? Jay's in the house. Jay says, hi, Karen. And hi, Chris. Yes. Thank you for being here. Jay is amazing too. Thank you for your help, Jay. You know what you're talking, well, you know what I'm talking about, the help that you're giving to somebody that I know. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So yeah, 
And just speaking of speaking of my rainbows in real life co-host, there's Pamela Aubrey right now. She says, hey, hey. So yes, rainbows in real life. Catch us this Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have an amazing guest. I believe we have Samuel Sneed on tonight or on Thursday night. Uh, so that's going to be a very engaging and uh, inspiring story. So we want you to tune in for that. You guys can see all the updates and all the links on my Facebook profile page. And as well, again, on ChristopherRoush.com, we're going to have the show pages right there. So you can never miss anything that I produce. Ooh, look at that sweetness. Ooh, daddy's in a feisty mood tonight. What's up? Larry, Larry Rockstar. He's all, what's up, Rockstar? What's up? Uh, what's this? Uh, Amber says, over my data cap, I'll catch up later. Okay, we will catch you up later. Thank you so much for being here, Amber. Um, yes, yes, yes. So without any further ado, let's uh, let's just talk about this, you know? And I, and I kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the show that I love a dynamic conversation. So what does cancer research, science for kids, and punk rock all have to do with one another? Cancer research, science for kids, and punk rock. That all has to do with our guest tonight, Miss Karen McFarlane. Miss Karen, how are you doing tonight, Rockstar? I'm doing so well, Chris. This is great. And I didn't know you had a third show. I only knew about two of them. So I will have to check out the, what is it? Rainbows and real Rainbows and real life. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, can you yeah. tell, do you, think, do you think I'm the rainbow or do you think Pamela's the rainbow? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think Pamela's the rainbow, and maybe yeah, I'm wrong. she's the, she's she's the rainbow, okay. and I'm the real life. Uh, right. There's no secret about that. But every once in a while, she gets to be the real life, and I'm trying to I'm I'm kind of the rainbow, and I foresee that. I foresee our partnership, you know, segueing. And as I get older, and my testosterone declines, and I get more mushy, then she's going to get all tough, and it's going to be she's going to be the real life, and I'm going to be the the rainbow. <laughs> I don't mind being a rainbow. I can wear pink and still kick people's ass. How are you doing oh. tonight? Thank you so much for being here. Woo, I'm being, I'm doing well. And the sun is setting over there. So my room's going to get darker and darker as the night goes on. So Ooh. it's going to be good. <laughs> Night's getting darker and darker. Do I have any, do I have any fire? Do I have any fire? You have fire right behind you on that guitar. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll light something up later. I don't know. <laughs> So, so thank you so much for being here. And I, I kind of, I kind of started the show off because you are a very dynamic person and we've had some very various types of conversations, but I want to just jump in and think about, you know, where we've been in the last year. I think we talked about that before and thinking about COVID and with your background in all the different areas, I'm curious to see what your, what your take is on how COVID has impacted you. And before that, just give everybody just a, a little snippet show of what, of, of, of your resume. All right. Yeah. My resume is I've been a chemistry professor for 20 years and um, and then more recently, and I'll tell more about that when we talk about COVID, um, I am teaching science to kids, to elementary school age kids instead of the college kids. And I've done a lot of research, cancer research. Um, I've also been playing in punk bands for 25 years now. And I've also been heavily into radio for 30 years, actually. I'm the founder of the community radio station in my hometown here because I love radio so much and there wasn't a community radio station here. There's no college radio or anything. So what do you do? But you just make it happen. Yeah. Um, and then started podcasting a few years ago and that started becoming a thing. And you gave a talk somewhere, started with a T, ended with an X. I you did give a TEDx talk. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. About? About, yes. So it's about my research and really focusing on this new type of anti-cancer chemotherapeutics that I've been studying for about 20 years at this point. 
And it's a pretty unique kind of chemotherapeutic because, you know, as we all know, first off, we don't want to get cancer. So everything we can I, do. Actually, actually, let's pump the brakes on this one. Let's pump the brakes on this one. Let's yeah. let's go back to let's go back to the COVID question because I want to dig in deep on that one as well. I want to get some okay. get uh, give some people some time to get in here because I know they're going to definitely want to hear that. So okay, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So back to the COVID question. Um, so very stable, tenured professor for twenty years, and so what happened with um, <laughs> Pamela? Yes, nerds unite. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what what happened with me is first off, whew, um, we had to shift and go from in-person to online teaching at my university over the course of a weekend. Whoa. Over the course of a weekend. <laughs> so that uh, uh, was pretty um, loopy making. Um, and then pretty much what happened was for the month of April, I, everything that I loved about my job, all of this connection with the students, all of that kind of interaction was stripped from my life. And all the things I don't like so much about my job, like the um, exam, well, the grade, I don't like grading, and then just a whole bunch of administrative stuff, like <laughs> exploded. So then there I was with this like, okay, it was the worst month of my 20 year career. And um, that's not exactly why I made the decision I did, um, because another thing that happened was that all of our schools, it was decided in July, August, all of our schools were going to be remote in the fall. So a lot of parents in my local community were just like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, I did not sign up for homeschooling. I don't know what to do. I'd, and one of the parents came to me and said, okay, just talk to about 20 families, 20 parents, we all met. We don't know how to teach our kids science. We don't know how to teach them math. And we don't know. There's one other thing, maybe grammar. I can't remember. But they were like, is there, is there anything you can do or have any ideas or whatever? And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, um, so what I did is I, I actually walked in and I handed in my resignation to the university. <laughs> what happened with that? <laughs> I know. Crazy. I love it. That's a whole nother. Whoa. Talk about having to work through ego shit with that. But um, what ended up happening is the dean was like, okay, calm down, take a leave of absence, you know. And so I did that. And um, and I started a business. I became an entrepreneur, which I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would do. And I started this business teaching kids science online. And and so I went to this like nice, stable, well-paid job and just like, you know, my income plummeted. It didn't work out as well as I thought it would, but, um, but it, I mean, I would not change it at all. I, I love what I'm doing. It's, um, the connections with kids is amazing. Um, it's, you know, so it's all been, been really good in that way. And it, and it has allowed me to connect empathetically with a lot of people with what has happened with them as well. I didn't mean for that to happen, but that has happened, which is also nice. Yeah, nice, a nice, bop, a nice byproduct of what has happened is all the connections that we've had. I mean, you and I wouldn't have met thinking about Clubhouse, thinking about Chris Voglio. Hopefully, Chris is in the house uh, and think about that. But you mentioned something about some ego shit. I'm very kind of eager to dig into that a little bit as as pertaining to perhaps your identity and what you had to transition from out of being where you were at to being where you're at now. Yeah, yeah. talk to me about that. That's a fun big, process, big, isn't it? Yeah, big, big time. So. Um, when I got this, I got inspired to this, you know, what could I, what impact could I have? Who are, you know, who could I help? And, and all these kinds of ideas. And there was also some excitement to 
starting a business. Now, one thing, you know, I kind of threw that out there like, oh, I thought I'd never be an entrepreneur and I don't know marketing. Well, I've been in bands for 25 years. I know marketing. I just never called it that. I called it like mm -hmm. making flyers on the flyers, right. And then stapling to the posts outside on the street, you know? So yep. anyway, um, for all you young, for all you young kids out there, that that's how we used to promote our. That was our MySpace back in the day. We took poison flyers and hung them up in Hollywood as a street team. I, I love that you said the the photocopied posters were the mind were the MySpace, and they're yeah. like, "What's MySpace?" I know they're probably doing that too. Like, what else? MySpace? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh. oh man! But you're yeah. right. It is. It's it's on the street marketing. So you did know marketing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, uh, totally, man. Um, that's that's how you did it. That was the only way, really. So, um, so anyway, uh, where was I? That uh, identity well, transition. Ego. Yep. Ego. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I got this exciting idea of okay, things are really wonky anyway. I've had an amazing career. I've loved my career. I I don't dislike anything about it actually, and. Yet I saw this, this was a time for change for me. And here's an opportunity also. And here's a way I can help in a way that um, just I haven't been able to help before. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna, um, okay, I wanna do it. I wanna do it. I wanna, I wanna leave my university position. I wanna start this business. But whoa, like what it would mean there's a few things, you know, the obvious things, the money and insurance and, and whatever else. Sure. Um, and including thoughts of, okay, my kids, they're starting, my kids are college age or about to start. So one of them is a junior in high school, come up on college. What are the benefits with my job with that? You know, so there's some sure. real financial issues there. Okay. So all that aside, I would have to let go of my title as professor. Like I would not be able to, I mean, seriously, this is how petty it was i was like oh my god like on my linkedin profile or whatever i wouldn't be able to put chemistry professor and that affected me that mm -hmm. affected me and i was embarrassed that it affected me and i felt ashamed that it but it, it was real it was a real true feeling so i had to sit with that um and just thinking okay what does this mean and realized this identity was something that had become so deeply ingrained for so long. Yeah. And, it, and it goes all the way back to when I was an undergraduate and I'm looking at my professors and I'm like, hey, that looks like a cool job. And it wasn't what I thought it would be, but it, but it looked cool and it, and it is. It ever? Um, you know, so that's when I want to get my PhD and become a professor. So we're talking, like when you add that in, when I started thinking that's what I wanted to be, then we're talking way more than 20 years. Whew. Um, and so I know, you know, it's not just academia that has this, this is a real thing. Like we, we all have these identities yeah. that we cling to and we get to this place where we feel like if that's removed, we are no longer what we thought we were. And so that's where I was. And, um, <laughs> this is the analogy that I gave that my my ego was it was controlling me basically is what was happening and so I had to just do these visualizations of my ego being that like 
weird, obnoxious relative that comes to Thanksgiving and they're at the table and they're like, rah, 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 and they're like ruining it for everybody. Yeah. And you just sit there and you're like, okay, they're just doing their thing. Okay. Okay. And they're going to leave, you know, and that, so I had to do this, these separation exercises with myself that I really didn't know how to do. I just made them up, but, um, but it worked enough that I resigned. I walked in and, and it felt good. Let me yeah. tell you. So then I knew it was the right thing to do. Wow. I love that you share that Karen, because I went through that similar experience as well. When I left corporate back in November, 2019, it was crazy because I really didn't see it just like you. I was like, all right, you know, it's a position, it's a job, it's a career, blah, blah, blah. I've been there for 26 years, but literally through the next process of those couple of months, I was shocked to think like, okay, they don't need me anymore. They're not calling me, you know, was this relationship, this, this person hasn't called me. It was just all this different. It was like, literally like, and I tell people this, like, and I tell people this all the time, you know, life is like chapters and sometimes those chapters close and you wish them well, that chapter is closed. That was a great chapter. It was a long chapter. I got a lot of things out of it, but now that chapter is closed. That's how I reconciled with it. It was like, okay, that was a time in my life because I think what happens sometimes is we get fucked up in our comfort zone and tell me what your thoughts are on this is that when one door closes, we're kind of like, I want to keep that door open a little bit, just in case, you know, that's, that's, that's safe. That's comfortable while we're trying to open another door of excitement and everything else. We're going, okay. And what do we do? We just do this shit. We play it. My new term. I, I, I can't remember if I told you this, but comfortably miserable. How does that resonate with you? Comfortably miserable. It's like, yep. you're just there enough. Like ah, I got good benefits. I got, I did the same thing. I did the yeah. same thing. And it was like, then I just slammed that door and opened that door wide open and said, fuck it. And just, you know, watch the, watch the Steve Harvey video jump like a thousand times. And was like, talk to my wife and I'm like, no, I can't, I cannot do this corporate thing anymore. I'm not that person anymore. I'd rather fucking live in a one bedroom apartment and, and sell everything and, and just be happy. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts yes. on that? Yes. So first off, when I, I think it was the first time I met you on clubhouse, you told me to go watch that video, that oh. video and I did. So thank you for that. What'd you think? And then, um, yes. I, so I've heard you talk about comfortably miserable on a previous episode. I think it was with Princeton. And I, I totally agree. And this is the thing is that not only are you comfortably miserable and you, you know, your feet are in both worlds, but you are not taking, you're not taking real action and you're not ever going to jet up into your real, into this new life that you're trying to create for yourself because you are implanted. That side of you is tethering you to another world. And so you'll never be able to do it. So that was, Another part of the thing is I decided I need to do this because I'm not going to succeed in this business if I stay in that. Cause I thought about like, Oh, maybe I could just do it as a side gig yep. and then do it. And it was like, no, like it's, it is one or the other and you got to make up your mind sister. So, um, that's what I did. So what was your why in that situation? When you're thinking about everything, you're like, what was your why? When you have you have the comfortable position, you're thinking about your, your kids going to school. What was the big why for you to say, you know what? Fuck it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say a couple things. So one is, like I said, I'd been in that job 20 years and I loved it. And this was a chance for me to leave before I hated it. And love you know, that. You know? And oh, I, I got to say, I think I learned that lesson from playing in bands that you keep your songs short. You leave people wanting more. You play short sets. You you don't overplay in the same part of town or in the same town. Um, 
you you keep it that way because then you keep you wanting it more you other people wanting it more and and that i could feel so good about like man that was kick-ass like i loved that and now i'm going to do this other thing and i can be like you know thank you all that so so that was one of them um and the other one has to do with me going back to my values and Mm. when i look at my values and and you know, I still grapple with them because sometimes it's like three and then expands to seven and whatever. But one thing that I realized is that there were two values that I hold strongly. And one is independence and the other one is adventure. And my job was really not allowing either one of those to blossom. Like, so get this there. I've been to 45 of the 50 states and three of the ones I haven't been to are Maine, Vermont and New Hampshire. And I've been for years, like, I want to just go see the fall colors up in Vermont or Maine or wherever. And um, I haven't been able to go because this job is like, we are locked into the semester. You can't leave. You're, you know, you're just there. And so 20 years go by and I don't get to, you know, that just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So that's one example. Um, And so there's also just adventure and that is like hey i want to try this new thing well i kind of can't like i have to keep teaching these same things and i can be creative i brought in like podcasting my my chemistry students have a podcast exercise a homework assignment that they do you know so so i can do things like that but um in terms of like really bringing the creativity in in ways that are just woo way out there that's a lot harder Wow. I love that. I love that you have your whys. And I love that you talked about values, Karen, because that's so often that what we don't talk about. And I, much like yourself, I was, I was sitting there comfortably miserable for so many years doing the side hustle thing and being very successful at it, but sitting there wondering, okay, what, what is it going to take for me to transition out of this situation and actually really go believe in myself? And it was that, there was that situation of being like, okay, what do I want most? And I was trying to really define that because, because as a coach, I always sit there and I go, okay, let me get myself through this situation, much like you were talking about with the identity. Let me get through my, let me get myself through the situation, practice this on a couple of people and see what it, see how it works. And then potentially implement it in a coaching program to be able to help people go through that similar situation. So when I went back and I tried to figure out what that one word was, and it was freedom. I'm like, I want freedom to do what the fuck I want to say, what the fuck I want to wear, what the fuck I want to wake up when the fuck I want, go where the fuck I want. And I just wanted, I just want freedom. And I, and nothing was about being rich or being famous. I'm like, I just want freedom and simplicity. I'm tired of sending emails about toilets. I'm tired of about blah, 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 blah. I was starting to learn. I was just telling my wife this yesterday. We were laughing about this. Me, the kick-ass guy, right? I was literally learning electricity. I, I ugh. What's a kilobyte hour versus a kilowatt hour versus this KB thing after, you know, night we were, we were, we were putting in solar um, uh, we were putting in electric car charging, uh, deals, all this bullshit. And I was just like, uh, I, this is not my forte. This is not, you know, as we talk about a lot on this show and the other shows, you know, when we talk about gay Hendrix and you know, the big leap, this is my zone of excellence, right? Master's degree in, 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 in leadership, everything else. Excellent at it. Good genius. What can you do all day that you love? Talk to us about what your zone of genius is con- considering how much you've actually accomplished in your life already. Woo. Well, I mean, I think maybe it goes without saying, but I'm just going to say it, that that chemistry and and taking these complex ideas in chemistry, especially, but also in other realms of science 
and then distilling them down and helping people understand them. And so bringing them into the realm of everyday life, everyday talk, allowing people to really understand. So I love being a science communicator. I love teaching courses to non-majors. I do love, don't get me wrong. I love also talking the higher level chemistry stuff, but um, I think it's so important for people to really appreciate the way science does come up in their lives and that it's not super hard. It's not unachievable. It's not this upper echelon or anything like that. And uh, so that's one of the things I, I could do all day with that and with my eyes closed and hands behind the back. Well, maybe not hands behind the back. <laughs> Hands behind the back. Wow. That is, that's beautiful. I mean, I love getting people to figure out what their zone of genius is and there's a couple of different ways I do it. But before we get any further down the road, I want to sit there and uh, see what we got going on here. Uh, as far as comments wise, uh, Larry in the house, Colleen says, I love it. Ooh, thank you, Colleen. Pam, as we said before, she says, I love chemistry. How much of a nerd does that make me? You are a nerd, Pam. You are an awesome nerd. Everybody's saying hi to one another. We've got a little family here. Darlene's all, hey, what's up? What's up, Darlene? Brilliant. Yes, Karen, you are brilliant. Jay says, right? Jay's another uh, nerd. You, you guys you guys would totally have a great time conversating if you guys, yeah. Um, Jay's, Jay's a brilliant dude. Um, so we got David Duncan. What's up, David? Thank you for spending your time in here with us tonight. I think you're a new dude. Uh, punk rock, was it? Punk professional rock star is fun to know exist in the world. Absolutely. Um, so thank you for being here. David, I think is asking for the Steve Harvey link. And then we've got uh, Robert in the house. So again, you guys, please ask us any questions, engage with us, uh, offer your uh, little bits of information as well. Um, and, you know, earlier we were talking about Clubhouse and talking about the state of, you know, what's happened over the last year, uh, Karen. And I'd be interested to see what your thoughts are on Clubhouse because people who have, have watched this show and watched my other shows know I'm a fucking nut over it. But what have been some of your experiences on there, both positive and perhaps uh, not so positive? Absolutely. So I joined in, um, I guess it was late December and whoa, I was smitten. I, I went into so many different rooms. I went into educator rooms and I went into business rooms. I went into podcast rooms and I just met the coolest people. I loved, like, as soon as I saw, I think actually, I think Chris found me because he did a search for anyone that had punk in their bio. And so I was invited into the punk rock professionals room. And so that's where I met Chris. That's where I met you. And so I, I just had the best time and I would go, you know, I would say I was almost addicted where hours and hours would go by and I had just made all these connections, but I also, um, I found myself in some cases getting anxious where I go into a big room and then you'd be on stage and then I felt like I was small and then maybe I'd get on stage and then I get all nervous and, and I experienced that. Um, but it, but it was good for me. It was good for me because it allowed me to really connect with some amazing people and, um, and learn things that I, and see things from a different point of view. Yeah. And, uh, but I've also really enjoyed the small rooms. And so I started, so I host a room every Wednesday with a friend of mine, or she's become a friend, but we met um, just because we're both, she's a chemical engineer and I'm a chemist. And so we host this room called Women in STEM. And the first time we opened it, I think that was the first women in STEM group. So there were just tons of people or like 50 people. Wow. And then you know, there've been more and more women in STEM groups. So ours has been getting smaller, but I have in, 
be, I've been enjoying it more. We, the people who come in will actually say, wow, they'll like exhale and they go, I love this room. I'm, I'm getting a real conversation where really it's like hanging out and having coffee. And, you know, there will just be maybe eight of us and everyone gets to talk. Everyone gets to talk more than once and yeah. share ideas. And it's just been amazing. And, and being able to do some coaching. So I've been, you know, if you look at my life, it's been coaching because I've been advising and mentoring people. I've never called it coaching, um, but now it gives me a chance to coach different kinds of people um, rather than undergraduates or other academia, people in academia. So right. that's been just really amazing. Yeah. it's it, it's. Have you had any bad experiences? Have you gone in any rooms that just went, holy shit, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> You know, I have had relatively few bad experiences. I've heard about them, but you know, honestly, I go into a room and I'm like, eh, don't like the vibe and I leave. And so I probably just dodged a bullet there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've actually, I, I was telling somebody this today. I've learned like in my life, I, my, my clubhouse life is a microcosm of my life. And I have a very <laughs> tight circle of friends. I have a very close group of people who I communicate with on a regular basis. As much as I am an extrovert and a loud mouth and can talk forever, I'm usually quite quiet and just kind of chilling by myself. But uh, that's kind of the way I host myself on clubhouse. I've, I've connected with, I should say I've aligned and connected with myself with a few groups or families or tribes or whatever that I really dig that I'll have all like you're talking about the open and honest conversations. Um, I have ventured off into other rooms just to kind of see what the conversation is about. And this is something that I highly recommend to everybody watching and listening uh, here is this is such a great time if you're if you're on Clubhouse, I mean, the Android version is going to come out. If you're not into having conversations right away, then wait. But uh, it's an amazing app. I, you guys know me about that. But um, I've gone and I've looked at the titles of rooms and I've gone in there. And one of the rooms I went in there was um, talking about, you know, the George Floyd murder and talking about all the different, um, you know, situations that are going on. Um, with racism and Black Lives Matter and all the different stuff that was going on there. And so I, I literally I felt like I shouldn't go in there. Like, that's not my thing. That's not my that's not my jam. That's not my group. I, I don't want to eavesdrop. I don't want to be the one white guy that walks into this conversation. And then I realized I'm like, it's a conversation, Chris. You're, that's what that's what this is for. So I went in. I, I funny. I feel like I'm visualizing it, but I went into the room and and uh, went in there and somebody had recognized me from another room where I would where I was talking about, you know, life or something like that. They're like, oh man, Chris is in the room. Let's let him talk. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, and there was only like 10 people, but I think I was the only white person in that, that room. And I'd only been in there for about 10 minutes. So I got to hear, you know, that the, these, that there wasn't attacking. It was, you know, it was all about, uh, understanding. And so I, I took, I said, you know, I said, I've actually got a story to, to stare, to share. It was about, it was about on the cover on the conversation of uh, white privilege. Sorry, I had two different things going on in my mind. I'm trying to keep that straight. Um, so it was on that conversation and they were really surprised and happy that the way I contributed and said, you know, very open, openly, I'm like, I thought I was, you know, understanding of the situations that were going on. I said, but last year, due to the fact that I have great friends in the world who saw me posting something saying, hey, Chris, well, how about looking at it like this and having those mm -hmm. conversations with me and us, myself and myself, uh, Scott, on the Friday night show that we were having these conversations with people um, really kind of opened my eyes, but it just being able to go into that room. And then once I was done talking, I got to listen to the rest of those, those individuals talk and is really eye-opening to hear such a candid conversation amongst people who I think they knew each other for the most part. Um, and it really opened my eyes to what's going on. And so there's that opportunity for us to go into different rooms and experience different things. But the things I've experienced are the ones that, you know, are being publicized about people bashing or, you know, all of a sudden now life coaches. I saw a room the other day that says all life coaches on Clubhouse are scammers. And I'm like, okay, my handle is no excuse coach, right? So, and I was like, so I went in there and I listened to, I listened to what people were saying. 
because I didn't want to have a judgment. But I thought, well, I need to, then I can go up on stage and kind of explain my my side of it because there's good and bad and everything. Um, but it was very discerning how many people were posing as coaches and and saying, oh, for $10,000, I'll do this or da, da, da. I have offered so many free coaching sessions in Clubhouse. Like, just ping me. I'll give you a free coaching session. It's cool, you know, if you, as long as you go do something nice for somebody else. But um, so, yeah, those are the kinds of things I've seen. But um, I'm just all about creating that that little family and having those small rooms, like you said, you know, 10, 15, 20 people, you know, even eight people, six people. I've done three people. People, you know, just had a great conversation, not having to mo mute our mics and just, you know, being able to free flow. But um, yeah, so I, I absolutely dig it. And David is asking us a question actually he says tips on what makes a good room to start on clubhouse. What do you think? I think it's something that you, it can be anything. And it's something that you really want to get input from other people on and have a discussion just like, and I loved your story, by the way, Chris, just that's, that's powerful. And so that's what I would say is going into a room and I can say this because I made the mistake of not doing this where when I first started, when Denise and I first started this women in STEM group, we were like, oh, we're the moderators, we're the leaders, we need to, you know, whenever someone asks a question, we need to have an answer kind of thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You are there to start a room, create a space, and, and then welcome people in and let people share. And whoa, when someone asks a question and someone else on stage answers and then they're helping each other, you're like, whoa, yeah, my work is done. You know, I, mm -hmm. I have now created a little community, a micro community for this moment in time. And I just love that. So. Yes. It's, it's pretty great. And, um, and they're pop up, David, they're, they're, um, you know, you pick a, a topic and you do it once you don't have to have these ongoing rooms. So mm -hmm. you can do it randomly as well. Yes. Yes. I could. I, I agree. Um, I just actually started my club raw and unscripted, which I announced at the beginning of the show, but I actually just love going into different rooms and modding and helping and doing that whole connecting thing as well. But then I had people pinging me saying like, well, Chris, when are you going to do a room? And I'm not, you know, to answer, um, uh, David's question, you know, as far as what, what makes a good room, I think what you said is brilliant. I mean, have, have something that you're passionate about talking about and that you actually want to listen to and have engagement with. Um, but like you said, you know, welcome in the room, um, you know, sometimes set up, you know, the ground rules, uh, in, in like the situation for my, my space is going to be like, okay, listen, we're here to seek first to understand then to be understood. And then let's have a candid conversation about whatever it is the subject matter is about. And I've already come up with different subject matters that I know some of them are going to be controversial in title and in nature. And I think that's going to be a fun opportunity for me to field, you know, uh, to get a deeper understanding of what makes, what makes people tick, you know, that's what I really want to kind of dig into. So having that stuff that you're excited about is, is a great idea. And just having a safe space for people to come in and share uh, whether they agree with you or disagree with you. That's, that's the thing that people have been so inspired to see is like, they, I, I wasn't going to come in here, but the, the thing attracted me and I wasn't going to come up on stage. And all of a sudden they share their problem. They got 15 people pouring into them and giving them great information. Like, Hey, on the side, you know, I just heard something today. This girl was, um, um, uh, geez, I'm going to forget her name. Uh, it doesn't matter. Milan. That's what was, that was her, her stage name. But um, she, over the course of being on Clubhouse for a couple of weeks, she had somebody send her a couple of things and now she's doing way better. She was suicidal. She's like, oh my God, you know, I found my community here. So I think it's about, you know, just deciding what it is that you want to do and um, enjoying the process. Cause I like you, I was sitting there thinking about, okay, you know, people are saying, oh, this is what you do on the back communication and the mods do this. And I'm like, I'm just going to open a room and people are going to come in. I'm like, Hey, one at a time. I only got two ears and one mouth. You know, if I have mods or something like that, I'm not going to sweat it. I'm just going to go in there and have fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the, my, the biggest compliment is when someone does come up on stage and they say, this is my first time on stage. I've, I finally feel comfortable speaking and you're like oh yay you know you know welcome and and all of that so that that's really wonderful and also understanding that some people they're not comfortable getting on stage they they can't they might be driving or their you know their baby is crying or whatever is happening and you just let them chill and and listen and that that's cool too so mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not making it. I think for me also, um, for me is it's, you know, people have said, Oh, Chris, how are you monetizing this? You know, what are you doing? Da, da, da. I'm like, nothing. I said, I haven't done anything. If people want to connect with me, they can go to my Instagram. They know what I do. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I've been hearing some people like, Oh, well, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm just like, I don't know. For me, I just want to be genuine and just go in there and, uh, and I make money other ways. I just want to go in there and just be a part of the solution and just give people a place to uh, give a place to hang out. Look at this. Chris Voglio is in the house. This is my two favorite people. What's up, Chris Voglio? Happy belated birthday again. Your birthday was uh, yesterday. So yesterday. I you Happy out. birthday. Yes. Yeah, sing to him. I think, ooh, you want to sing to him? Well, you can you can break out one of your guitars here in a minute. I'll, I'll bring uh, out. Yeah, my, I'll I need bring to out. turn a light on. I think. Or... Yeah, you're getting dark. You're getting it's dark. Getting, does that that helps a little bit? That helps know. a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, Robert had a question up here. See, Robert says uh, the best way to describe the behavior. Um, oh, he's apparently he must have been talking about Clubhouse. He says uh, the best way to describe the behavior I observed was almost identical to dedicated meth user. There's so many different places to go with that, Robert. Uh, a dedicated meth user is there a part-time meth user? I don't know. There's a, there's only different different things to to go on there. But uh, Robert always goes on to say, for the first few months, at any rate, that people suddenly were not sleeping at night and all the free time was on clubhouse. Oh, oh dude, that is true. Relationships, dude. You want to hear something so fucking funny? Last night, I'm uh, scrolling through my phone. We're uh, we're on the we're on the couch watching TV or whatever, and I'm scrolling through my phone, and there's a news report or a thing that says Clubhouse is it straining relationships or something like that, and I, I've heard it has, so I just giggled and I just kind of clicked on it and I looked at the first sentence. Now I don't have it, yeah. So I have been guilty, my my little my little uh, ear pods. I've been guilty of sitting on the couch with one in this ear where nobody can see, so I'm like silently listening, and I've got my phone down in my hand, and I'm like. Clap, 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 clap. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, so Chris, what do you think about that? I'm like, yes, so, babe, I have to go to the bathroom. And I go over there. I'm like, yes, you do that too. But that's what it said in the article. It says, if you've been caught hang with a, with a hanging, with a hanging ear pot out of your ear, then you're in trouble. And I told my wife and I'm like, look at this. And she goes, oh yeah, you have. I mean, she's really cool about it. She knows how much I love helping people, but yeah, the little secret, uh, the little secret thing. Yes. And that, that term club spouse has just now used everywhere. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's so cool. It's, it's, it's just, it's such a way of connecting. Um, it really is Pam. Uh, we're going to be actually do, 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 say that fast. I got to slow down. Pam and I are going to be doing a room tomorrow night, I believe at 5 PM, but uh, she says here for sure. The first few months were crazy fun. Just talking to people all hours of the day of the night. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Robert says, happy birthday, Chris. And, uh, Chris says, ha ha, I do the same thing. Yep. I think we all do it a little bit. You know, I, I tend to ebb and flow on it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I've had too much human voice in my brain and I just need to listen to music and just rock out to music. So, um, speaking about music, so punk rock, right? How does, punk right. Rock, what is, what is your, what is your philosophy about punk rock and life? How do you take punk rock music and, and, and assign it some identity in human life in, in the Ooh. way of 
Yeah. We talked I mean, about before slow songs and everything. How do you how do you punk rock life? Ooh, ooh, wow. Um, well, first I'm gonna say just in terms of I feel like everyone I meet, it, it's like when they, they have that moment of discovery of punk rock, and it's as if you know it's the spiritual awakening, you know. Because uh, I remember being little and hearing the term like, oh yeah, that's what is okay there's this punk rock thing and this is how they dress and i sort of had this vague idea about it but then there's when you like you hear it and it's like whoa and so for me it was the ramones and yeah. um and then after that misfits and it just kind of went from there and what's so interesting is that i feel like as i learned about more different bands they it kind of ramped up and then there's like speed punk and you know so there's there's this like wild kind of punk rock. There are so many different genres of it that sometimes when people say, oh yeah, punk rock. Oh, what do you think? Oh, I hear you're a punk rocker. And they they have a certain, and they don't know punk rock. They have this certain idea in their mind what it means. And it actually could be totally different. And because there are so many of these different, there's the, you know, there's the groovy rock and roll, there's Johnny Thunders and, you know, even the Stooges and all that, like this, really raw rock and roll punk. And then, and there's Ramones. And then, the, you know, you get into, I could go on and on with all the genres, mm -hmm. but it hits on so many different things. And so music wise, you know, I think for me, it's, it's, it gets to this accessibility that you don't have to be special or super talented or, that you've studied in any conservatory or that you can, you know, do that really fast or whatever. I was able to write and play punk songs after about two months and, and recorded them. I mean, like just with a tape recorder, but um, that all of a sudden you're like, I can do that. So it's super empowering. And that's probably also why all of the, the punk rock attitude of, and like DIY and mm -hmm. like, I can do this myself. I'm going to do this. It's, it's And that whole idea of independence is not a coincidence. I'm sure that my, one of my main values is independence yeah. um, because it's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this thing. And it doesn't matter that it wasn't done perfectly or that didn't fit exactly in this box or whatever else. Um, so there's just so right. much box, about it. That I love. Box box. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, with your permission, with your permission, I would like to uh, share a little bit of uh, a video I found on YouTube. Do you mind? <laughs> My best song ever. Yes, of course. I'm not sure which song, uh, but oh. uh, I, I figured I would uh, figured I would do this as a part of just have a little fun here with everybody, um, ladies and gentlemen. Can you hear it? I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Punk rock, ladies and gentlemen. Look at oh that. Oh my so god. I I we gotta put the lyrics to that song up. The lyrics are so good. It's like we gotta stop it, gotta stop like the lobbies are our government. And uh oh god, there's it's so good. Um <laughs> that show we were so hungover. Oh my god, it was awesome though. It's, that's uh, what punk rock's all about. Yeah. <laughs> Chris says, I want to be, I want to be in this band. 
I want to be in this band. And uh, Chris, I mean, that's, this is kind of what I was really touching on is that, you know, it's just not the music. It's a, it's a mindset and a lifestyle. And that's, that's what I couldn't agree with you guys more. And I was never a huge, huge punk fan. I mean, I've got punk and Chris and I have talked about it and you and I've talked about it, but this this totally, you know, it's that mindset. It's like to a certain extent, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, fuck everybody and I don't care. And, you know, bands like blood come you know it's like well that's a little that's a little on edge for a for a for a punk band but uh you know just being able to um just being able to have that independence and that spirit of being who you are right that's one thing i think i have attracted so many people to me in the last year is that i've just been being me and mm-hmm. like oh you're so cool you're so this i'm like you know what for once in my life i'm just being me zits and all whatever you want to say um and that's what punk rock's about and i think that's what more people are desiring like you were initiating yourself through covid like okay this is a time of transition this is a time for i i'm like i'm starting to use the word graduation it's time to graduate to the next level it's time to stop playing it's time to live life and kick ass in life what are some of your thoughts on that you're speaking my language brother (laughs) yeah it's all just it's really coming it's it's coming to know yourself and to really and to accept yourself and appreciate yourself and that's when you're going to let all that stuff come out the ugly stuff too and i gotta say that that is one of my least favorite parts about covid is not seeing people in person but instead i am seeing on social media the portrayal that they are giving of themselves that they want people to see. And I'm just not interested. I just, I I just, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it's a shame in a way, you know, but I think um, eventually there's going to be backlash where people are like going to hopefully realize that they've just been painting a picture of themselves that, that isn't helping them move themselves forward because they're just trying to be something that they're not. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then we could ask them how well that works for where it works out for them as well. Angels, uh, angels in the house. Angel is one of our misfits for life. Most definitely. She's saying yes. Voglio saying yes. Um, absolutely. You know, it's, um, you know, it is so true. And I, that's why I've had a lot of discussions over the last year of, you know, Actually, I would probably be a good clubhouse room. You know, do you throw the baby out with the bathwater or the cancel culture mm-hmm. or talking about, you know, some of the stuff that's going on, but going back to your original, you know, share that you told us about identity, like how many people are going to go through an identity change once all this, you know, feathers itself out and they realize, you know, a lot of this stuff is like bullshit. Um, where, where are they going to, where are they going to be then with their identity and all their friends and all that other stuff? And I, I just, I sit there and I think about for myself. I hold out that olive branch that like, Hey, if you were messed up and you had a difference of opinion, then, Hey, you know, listen, I'll, I'll take you back in and we'll, we'll try to set things straight and try to, you know, help you out and everything. But, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a crazy time of, uh, of differences and people publicly airing them, but I'm seeing at least on clubhouse. That's the beautiful thing about it is not a single room I've ever been in. Somebody said, who did you vote for? What's your stance on abortion or, you know, anything like that. I've just heard nothing but beautiful things. So that's the way I kind of nailed it. Oh, sorry. I, I now that you've mentioned it, I haven't heard any of that either. So, and I do, I love the truly being in a, in the present moment when you're in clubhouse, because it's not recorded and it's not, it's not, this is where the reality comes in. It's not just like choosing the right picture of yourself or the video of yourself that you did right and posting that everyone's just, you know, they're saying what they're thinking in that moment. And then the moment's gone, you know, so not only is it real, but if you wanted to hear what that person had to say, 
you needed to be truly listening to them. And uh, so I think it's, it's giving us an opportunity to be present in a way that we have not been, we haven't had the opportunity to do in that same way. So that's, that is my number one reason why I love Clubhouse, I would say my favorite thing about it. Yeah, I would have, I would have to agree with you on that because it does, you know, somebody asked in a, in a room the other day, like, what is, what is the gift that you've got from Clubhouse? And somebody so eloquently said, I'm a better listener. Because now in this conversation, you know, I can sit there and look at you and I can see things. And later on, I'm like, okay, I don't remember what she said. I can go back and rewind it. But in those situations, I've had situations where I was listening and then I did something for a second and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, I just yeah. I don't want to be like, hey, can you repeat that for me? I wasn't paying attention. I was being a dumbass through your very, very impactful story. Right. Um, so it does, it does, it does make you a much better listener. And I, I think for me, I hope that Clubhouse, the at least the groups that I'm in, that you're in, that are good groups, that that becomes, you know, an extension out into society as we start opening back up and masks start coming back off. And, and I think that oneness and that unity that hopefully we can continue having those conversations and perhaps other people can have open minds too. Uh, to listen to differing differing perspectives because I've seen people who were hard on one side or the other side and I've seen them have conversations and kind of come to the middle and that's one of the things that I really want to do on Clubhouse is is invite that opportunity and um, also on the shows too is for people to have that conversation but uh, one of the other things I really wanted to talk to you about because I said there was three things right yes, and uh, so I I watched your your TED talk um, wow let's talk about that. Talk about the, the inspiration for that and some of the content and maybe some of the feedback you got out, you got after that, because to be on a Ted stage, I mean, is I give you massive credit. And obviously the, the topic of discussion was way over my pay grade, but uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that and explain it to the listeners. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, <laughs> I had been invited three years in a row to give a TED talk. And I refused, like the first two years, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't have anything to say. What are you talking about? And then the second year, I was like, ah, no, that's too scary. And finally, the third year, I was like, okay, um, I was on sabbatical. I was like, I have time and, and, and I can do this thing. Okay. What, what is going on here? So, um, and they wanted to hear about my research. And of course, of course I can talk about my research. I've been doing it for 20 years and, um, and I can explain it. So once I just fucking got over myself, um, that was when I was able to sit down and had a really great coach too. Um, and think, what is it that I want to convey here? And one of the things I wanted to convey is that there are, there are drugs and um, chemotherapeutics specifically that could be really helpful for people in a way that is transformative. And what I mean by that is that first off, none of us want to get cancer. I am not any kind of drug proponent at all. I avoid drugs at all cost. but there comes a time when something significant happens to you and you thank God for Western medicine and um, you know ER rooms and all that. And, um, and so cancer can be one of those cases and where you are at a point where you're like, yes, please, God, I want to live longer. And this is one way I can do it. And so when you get to that point, there are a few different and totally depends on what kind of cancer you have. There are different types of chemotherapeutics that you can that are administered to you. And one that's really, really common, and it has made all the difference in the world is one that's called cisplatin. And it is a platinum based drug. And so mm. what that means is that it has the metal 
platinum in the middle of it and then surrounded by other atoms. That is super unique, all right? So most drugs are all carbon, hydrogen, oxygen based. They're all organic compounds as they're known. And so um, having a metal, especially a heavy metal in them is, <laughs> it's really uncommon. And the most obvious reason being is that everyone associates heavy metals such as mercury and lead and things like that with toxicity. Yeah. And that is true. It's absolutely true. Those are toxic. And this is the thing though, is if something is toxic, it means that it can also kill the things that are bad as well as the things that are good. And so that was one of the discoveries that was made with cisplatin is that it totally, it was a total game changer. When a man in the sixties had testicular cancer, 90% chance he was going to die. Wow. Yes. And then after cisplatin was discovered, made it through FDA clinical trials and all that, 90% chance he would live. So that is just this, you know? So with that, then a lot of researchers got excited about, okay, platinum works, what other metals might work? And so that's where I come in is that some people had discovered this metal called ruthenium. Hmm. It's not very well known at all. Um, it's right below iron on the periodic table, but people don't really talk about it, but um, that it was seen as, as potential here. And so I thought, wow, let's see, what could I do? So I'm at a small university, don't have a lot of funding. What are people already doing in the field? And then what could I do? And so what I discovered is not a lot of people were looking at just really fundamental reactions with it and things like that. And so with just forging ahead over the years, my small, modest group of undergraduates and a couple of grad students here and there, um, we are the first in the world to show that these ruthenium drugs bind to RNA. And now with, with COVID in our world, when I say RNA, people are like, oh, wait, I've heard of RNA. <laughs> so, so it's a real thing. And I'm super proud of, of having played a part in that. And so what I did with this TED talk is that I talked about ruthenium drugs. I tried to explain a little bit and tried, you know, bring it to a level that could be um, accessible by a lot of people, even if you're not a chemist, but also bring up this, this issue that a lot of drugs are stuck in clinical trials and they can be stuck there for like 15 years, which is the case with these drugs I study. And, you know, it all comes down to money. It's always money, Ugh. Mm -hmm. no, and anyway, um, it's really frustrating. Um, so I just wanted to make people aware of this. And so the aftermath, so that was three years ago when I gave that talk. And so underneath, you know, if you look at the comments, lots of people have lots of different kind of comments and I would try to respond to ones that I could. And, um, but also what would happen is people would look me up. And I would get these emails from people with cancer who were just, please help. Like, where can I get this? How can, you know, how can this happen? Gotcha. And each one of them, I mean, my, my heart would go out to them and I did everything I could trying to connect them with different people or, or anything. But I always felt like it just, it wasn't enough, but, but I have a happy, happy ending or it's not an ending. It's just, it's a, it's a new chapter. And that is just a couple months ago. 
this drug that had been stuck for 15 years that I've been studying got picked up by a company and it is re-entering clinical trials. Yeah. Ooh, go baby, go. Yeah. And one of these people that has been, you know, conversing with me, he's going to get to take part in the clinical trials. And it's just, it's oh. so like, just knowing that I have made some kind of impact in all of this, it's just, it's amazing. It feels mm -hmm. so good. Wow. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. When I when I watched her talk, it reminded me that I had heard recently also somebody talking about it might have been on Clubhouse, I can't remember, talking about all the different varieties of chemo treatments and how there is an opportunity to test if you which treatment would be most beneficial on you. And apparently they're not doing this test on a lot of people. That's that's something I heard and I was just like, What? That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. You know about that? It I don't know anything about that. Um, so I'm I'm make something up and sound punk rock about it. Yeah, Ooh. I did, I wrote a song about Mae Jameson, the first woman of color in space. Um, and I, I have a, another song that's sort of tying in with engi women engineers, but I haven't done a lot of science-based punk rock songs. So yeah. who knows? Oh, you, you, that yeah. might be the new thing. You do a kid's album for punk rock. You get them exposed to punk rock and science <laughs> and women in punk rock and Women in cancer. Re oh, yeah, you could totally nail this. You could yeah. totally, totally nail this. Yeah. Um, Robert says uh, nothing like quite the fulfillment provided by purposeful action. Yes, Robert. No, you are. You are so, so true. Uh, Chris says, I love that. I love that. Well, I, as usual, I could always talk to you for like hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, but I want to respect your time and respect all of our listeners times and viewers times right now. So um, given all of your experience, given where you're at in life, especially kind of going back to our original discussion about, mm -hmm. you know, having the courage to step into our greatness, step into our zone of genius. What would be some comments you would have to people watching this who are really struggling with that? That like, they see you and I, and they're like, "God, I just wish I could be like that." But it, but but you know, so and so might say this, or this might happen. What do you say to people to give them that extra boost, that extra edge of confidence to step out into their greatness? Mm -hmm. I think what has helped me the most is that when I've heard about people who I look up to and are just magnificent in their realms. And I learn that they have struggled from imposter syndrome. And I'm like, okay, so here's an example. Meryl Streep totally has talked about imposter syndrome. Einstein talked about imposter syndrome. Now he didn't call it that. I don't know when that term came about, but um, that many, many people, I mean, everybody, everybody um, struggles with that. Oh, yeah. And that every single one of us has something unique about us that we are bringing in and every single one of us so that i i honor every single person i meet because they might not be feeling it at that moment but they have it and that is something i really do um i love hearing i love listening to people and hearing what they struggle with because that can often open the door to their uniqueness and their greatness and it's just waiting for them and that's okay if they don't feel like they're there yet but i truly truly believe that it's there for everyone mm. karen 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 where can people get a hold of you mm. they want to continue this discussion i know we got you uh, uh at karen chemistry on instagram right 
Make sure I got Indeed. that right. Yep. Yep. So nice. you can direct message me there at Karen, at Karen Chemistry, one word. Uh, I am on Facebook as well with my full name. Yeah, that's probably the easiest place. Um, I would just start there because I'm now that I'm on Clubhouse, I'm checking Instagram all the time, my messages. I know. And then also <laughs> scienceRockstarKids.com. Uh, yeah, so there, um, all my science, my kids' science programs, sciencerockstarkids.com, absolutely. And then I have, kind of like you, I have a new website that's going to be launched soon that's called Create Your Jet. And create so your jet. createyourjet.com. And that, that will be unveiled, I think, next month. So I'll, that'll, what that'll, is uh, Create Your Jet? I have to get the synopsis on that. Createyourjet.com. Yes, create your jet. So there, I mean, that, maybe that's for our next episode. We do. Yeah, that. no, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Because that way, <laughs> I could talk to you again, and we could talk about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. Karen, thank you so much for being here on the Raw. So I truly appreciate you. Oh. I'm gonna stick you backstage here for a second. Uh, have some okay. brown M and M's. Thank uh, you. Hey, well, oh, green what? ones. Oh wait, wait, yeah. wait. Before we go, can I please, can I please show my babies? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, hell yeah. Look at that gorgeous thing. This is a 1971 Ooh. Les Paul Deluxe. I've had it since 2000. And I just, I mean, I have a Jag and I have other stuff, but this, this is my baby. So. Ooh. Is that the one you're playing in the video? Yes. Yeah. I was like, uh, 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 that's badass. Yeah. Mine's a, mine's a, mine's a Gibson Epiphone, but I still love it. I actually right got to play the damn thing. Oh, and then I'll, I'll plug my bands too. So the band that you saw was City of Pieces. And my other band is Hot Sheets. Hot Sheets. So City, City, say it one. City, yeah, city, city, city of, of pieces, pieces. Like pieces. Yep. City of Pieces and Hot Sheets. Awesome. Awesome. Karen, thank you so much. I'm going to stick you backstage and end this show, but uh, don't go I anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there you have it. Uh, a very dynamic conversation with a very dynamic human being. Uh, Miss Karen, yeah, I mean, talking about everything from identity, talking about how do we transition out of being in our zone of excellence versus our zone of genius, talking about how life relates to punk rock and having the attitude of stepping outside of the box and saying, fuck the box, I'm just going to be me. Ladies and gentlemen, the Raw and Unscripted Show is brought to you by the fact that I am living example that you can do whatever it is that you put your mind to. As the No Excuses Coach, it's my gift to be able to bring you different ways of thinking about your past, present, and your future, um, to really have a different perspective on knowing that life is happening for you and not to you. So if you find yourself in a situation right now where you're feeling like the victim, you're feeling so frustrated that life, this keeps happening, that keeps happening, this keeps happening. Take a look at how your vibrations are. Take a look at what it is that you're focusing on. Take a look at what it is that you're attracting because you got to start breaking that cycle. You have to start stepping out of that cycle of insanity, of expecting to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That is the craziness, right? So if you are not getting the results that you want, then you have to change what it is that you're doing. It's simple logic, simple science. We were talking about it just a little bit ago. So I invite each and every one of you, if you're struggling, please reach out to me. I still offer the complimentary coaching sessions. Hit me up in the DM and I will send you my calendar and we'll have that conversation. I just want everybody to know that there is somebody out there that cares about you, that you have somebody in your corner to be able to get you through these situations because either way, 
we're all on the spinning blue marble together going through this opportunity of having a human existence together and why not try to help each other a little bit more so we can leave this planet really unfucked for our kids so anyways please connect with karen uh she's a gem she's gonna be back here on the ron and scripted show again thank you guys all for being here chris voglio uh darlene says yes um so definitely 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 thank you robert for being here jay what's going on jay says sweet axe yes what's going on so thank you guys for being here um voglio broker robert angel um yeah you guys are just pamela thank you so much darlene you guys uh david thank you for being here on the show checking us out Amber, hopefully you get back here and check out the replay. But again, if you guys have questions for myself or Karen, please put those questions in the comments and we'll go back there and definitely ping you back and get you the answers that you want and you need. Um, Pamela says, would love to connect with her. Yeah, maybe you could be on the uh, Rainbows and Real Life show. That would be pretty cool. Or you could be on her Rising Energy show. Or you guys can just connect and talk science and be geeky and all that neat stuff. So anyways, you guys go out and have a great week. Again, connect with me on Clubhouse at the No Excuses Coach or No Excuses Coach and go uh, sign up and find that roam uh, raw and unscripted because we're going to be having some fun. Perhaps even tonight, maybe 10 o'clock tonight, we might do a little raw and unscripted for the first time and just see what happens. Anyways, I love you guys. Peace out. Stay kick ass, stay classy and uh, 